Hello, Mike Trout owners. Hope you enjoyed your three-day weekend. Hope you partied. Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Ah, what a weekend. It was awful. It was, it was eventful. I mean, it's, the trout thing stinks, yeah. That's bad. Well, it's not just the trout thing. Like, I have had to come together, try to find some way to only do 30 or 40 player videos this morning over the last four <laughs> days of things that happened. And basically, I could have just done an entire set of player updates just on injuries. Oh, and, and a looming suspension. And a looming don't suspension. Don't forget about that. But why don't we, uh, alright, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, do most added. I think that's very important right now because we've been away since Friday. I hope everybody got something out of the mailbag show on Monday. We'll see if we have time for emails and team name Tuesday at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We'll talk about Bryce Harper going crazy. Danny Duffy's out six to eight weeks. I mean, like that would be, you know, big time news most days. Uh, Adrian Beltre's back. We'll talk about where we have him ranked. Dustin Pedroia is getting an MRI. So, yeah, we'll update you on all the injuries. Obviously give you some outfield replacements. And I know I could have done a better job than this. Like, I should have thought of more clever lyrics, but Trout, Trout, let it all out. For two months you will do without. Come on. I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah, that's, I, I that's, that's, yeah, that's fine. Good. All right, thanks. All right, so he could miss two months with a torn ligament in his thumb. They called up Eric Young Jr., who started in left field last night. Cameron Maben stayed in the leadoff spot. He went over three with a walk and a steal. I think every, you know, I think Maven's gonna be hurt from this, right? I mean, let's see how yeah. it plays out, but it was helped to be hitting in front of Mike Trout. Is but, this yeah. the, uh, is this the worst lineup in baseball now? Yeah. Right? It's so bad. I mean, the Royals still exist. No, this is terrible, this lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be a team that you are going to target a lot in two-star pitching weeks, matchup weeks, etc. cause no Mike Trout, their best hitters probably, Cole Calhoun. I mean, they just made Julio Tehran look good. CJ Crone. Did they? Tehran gave up three <laughs> solo homers. Uh, but that, that was it. Right, let's start with this. Scott, do you think Mike Trout comes back as Mike Trout after missing up to eight weeks with a torn ligament in his thumb? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have any reason to worry about that. That's why he's having surgery and missing all that time. Yeah. Um, then let's go to this. Uh, outfield replacements. <laughs> what the heck should we do, guys? Who would you be looking at? And well, I, I think you could also look at utility replacements yeah. to move some players yeah. around. But. I mean, this was something I wrote about last night, and, like, I, you know, it, it's obviously never good to lose Mike Trout. That's the worst player you could possibly lose. But there is no position better equipped to handle the loss of a player than outfield. Because I don't know if anyone, any of you out there have tried trading an outfielder this year. You don't get much in the way of offers because people, particularly in three outfielder leagues, they are just overloaded with outfielders. Like in the podcast league, a typical 12-team, three outfielder league. I'm debating every week dropping Gregory Polanco or Avisel Garcia. You know, not that you have to go after one of them. Polanco's banged up again. But that's the kind of position a lot of owners are in right now where – Players whose production seems way too good to be on the waiver wire or whose names seem way too good to be on the waiver wire are just sitting there collecting dust on the bench. So you should be able to solve this, resolve this issue with the trade and, uh, don't even, 
necessarily have to look to the waiver wire. Yeah, and you can play the hot hand too. If you can just figure, like, you don't have to necessarily think who's going to be the best over the next two months. How about who's just going to help you right now? Like Melky Cabrera is red hot right now. Don't know how long Aaron Hicks has left, but he's 61% owned. We'll start kind of shallower. Look at guys who are owned in about half of our leagues. Uh, Melky Cabrera, Hunter Renfro, Aaron Hicks, uh, Cameron Mabin, Adam Frazier, Max Kepler, Scott Shevler, 75% owned. He might be the best there. Uh, Steven Souza is 50% owned. Mm-hmm. Did I say a name that jumps out at you as maybe someone who could uh, help your team a lot for the next two Two uh, weeks, two months. Uh, Scott, is that your computer? Over there? <laughs> yeah, that's my computer. That's the loudest computer. <laughs> you threw me off. Oh. I said a bunch of names. Anybody jump out at you guys? I mean, Shebler, if he's available, I think is the the biggest difference maker. Um, it's on we a fifty about, homer pace now. <laughs> we talked about Max Kepler the other day. I like him. Uh, I like the skill set he's showing. You like him better than Renfro? Um, I think yeah, I think I do. Bradley Zimmer. 53% owned? He's a part-time player with strikeout issues, so it's hard to get excited about him. Um, I guess Hicks would probably be the guy that I want to look at. Hicks over Santana? Domingo, Domingo Santana. Santana. I, I have such a hard time with all these Brewers guys because it's just like, if I pick them up, I'm not sure if they're going to play it. No Braun, though, yeah. for a while. Like, you think. He, he's going to play yeah. for for six weeks, probably. Santana's done nice little uh, poor man... Fred, poor man's Freddie Freeman impression, striking out a lot, but the line drive rate is so high. He has like a 375 on base percentage with some power. Now he has three home runs, Domingo Santana, in his last six games, and he's 40% owned. I do, I do yeah. want to give Hunter Renfro a little more love. Last 18 games for Renfro, batting 317 with five home runs, 14 RBIs, 12 walks to 15 strikeouts, and seven doubles in 18 games. But, you know, seven of the 12 walks came in the first five games of the 18-game yeah. stretch. Yeah. So there is that. Uh, Matt Holliday is only 64% owned. I don't know if you mentioned him. I did um, not. He's, he's on the higher side of own, but about there with, with Aaron Hicks. And uh, if you – I mean, there's there's so many good options even on waivers. Like even Cameron Mabin. I mean, I understand it, it hurts a little losing Trout, but, you know, he was – even batting in the lower half of the order, he was doing some good things that made it seem like he was on the verge of, of, uh, if you can exploding. And he's, he's outscored like Justin Upton and. Yeah. Well, it says as much about what Upton's done so far this no, year. But no, you're no, right. no, no, no. He's, he's outscored a lot of well. good outfielders. He's outscored Christian Yellis, Justin Upton, Matt Kemp, Trey Turner, Andrew McCutcheon this year. Um, just to name a few. So. I. That, that brings me to a new seg- segment here. We'll oh. talk about buy lows. But also with Mabin, he's, I think the only one we mentioned, oh, it was Zimmer. That's going to give you some steals if you need to replace that with Trout too. So I think yeah. Mabin has 12 steals now. And Tommy Pham's the starter Tommy for the Cardinals Pham. now because Randall Gritchick got sent down. He's only 11%. All on. he's done in the majors is rake. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a good one. Um, Bonifacio is 15% owned, I think. If you aren't, if you're just looking for a player and don't need to worry about position, Tommy Joseph's still 49% owned, Justin Bohr 74, uh, Josh Bell is 68. Okay, so looking at those two deeper league guys, when you've got, uh, Jorge Bonifacio 12% owned, Tommy Pham 11% owned, who do you prefer? I'd prefer Pham, because I, I feel like, I feel like Bonifacio, if he doesn't homer, he's not doing anything for you. Uh, Pham could steal a base. And he's been he he's been walking too. 
In about two-thirds of a major league season, he's got 440 career plate appearances. He's hitting 261 with 19 homers and 8 steals. Over a full season, that's a 25-homer, 12-steal pace. Remember that article I sent you guys about Tommy Pham? Apparently he has some yeah. eye condition uh, that's affected him. Yeah. It makes him less good. Uh, but I think maybe... Yeah, he, it's, he been, had, it's been a while. It's been like a month since I saw it. But it, right. it, I think they maybe had done things to fix that eye yeah. issue. Yeah, no, they have. They have. Uh, so he's, you know, for how little owned he is, he's an exciting option. I, and I don't think we talked about, did we talk about Steven Souza yet? He was somebody who I came in this morning uh, excited <laughs> for Adam and I to pick up in the 16-team league. But while we were talking about whether we should do it, Heath, underhanded Heath, well, went in and, and picked him up instead. <laughs> the, I, the app is a great uh, tool. I have trouble getting excited about Steven Souza. I know within the context of this discussion, we're talking about a bunch of flawed players, but you know, he didn't strike out a lot in April. I think it was like 24%, and now he's back up to like 35% in, uh, 32% in May, and so it's just like... But it's, it's kind of gone down again. It's been, it's been up and down with the strikeout rate, and he's kind of doing a good Freddie Freeman impression too. His line drive rate is 27.2. He, he did have a hand injury at the very end of April that he went through a terrible cold streak. I pretty much gave up on him. Everybody else did. Now he's been red hot for a week. I mean, he's somebody, I think he belongs in that same category. Nobody's saying that he's a must start yeah. outfielder. Yeah. But right. he should probably be a little higher than 50% owned. Now you mentioned Andrew McCutcheon. I won't, I will not even opine on Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> I will let you guys do all of the opining. <laughs> We're looking for buy low outfielders here or buy low players uh-huh. to replace Mike Trout. McCutcheon got a little bit of a break. I think he got two games off. I think he's five for 14 with a couple home runs, something like that since he had a walk off homer yesterday. I know Chris is a little optimistic about it. Is Andrew McCutcheon a buy-low candidate? 100%. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you look at the skill set, the strikeout rate's down from last season. The ISO's up from last season. He's on a 25-homer pace. The only issue is he's got like a 227 Babbitt. Okay. Even if you don't believe in him, Adam. I know you don't. No, I said he's going he's to get hot. But You look at the skill set, he's probably a 280 hitter at worst moving forward. Yeah. Remember, and he might be a 300 hitter. Remember when I brought up the the mechanical issue he seemed like he'd have found at yeah. the end of last week? He's gone six for 16 with two home runs since. But but here's the thing, yeah, he's a, he's a good buy low. I don't even know that you have to resort to a buy low if you're if you're looking to trade him. I I don't know that you have to target a specific player. I think you look at all the you you open up the roster grid page. You look at the teams with the most outfielders with R in parentheses by their name are certainly the most high profile outfielders. That would with be reserved. R. Yeah. yeah. And you make that owner an offer. Uh, but, but if we just talked about, I, I guess my only question to that would be, we just talked about like 16 outfielders yeah. that are on the waiver wire that we kind of like for a variety yeah. of different reasons. Yeah. If you trade for somebody, you're having to give up something off your roster. The replacement sure. level at outfield but you're is replacing, really high. You're replacing right. Mike Trout. Let me like, just, let you, well, you're not. You can get an actual stud. Let, yeah. All right. So I just want to finish it up because we've helped a lot of people that play in leagues where all those guys are available. Um, and we gave Fam and Bonifacio. Are there any other, like Lewis Brinson, is he worth stashing 32%? Uh, Chris Taylor's 33%, but I'm looking for even deeper than that. Is there anybody that comes to mind for you guys that, uh, that, uh, the deep league owners could, could look at here? Any hitters? I just don't know if we're going to see Brinson before we see Trout again. Yeah. Alright, well think about it. Think about some, I can't even see a list here. 
It's the most owned list. Only goes down to Nick Markakis at 26%. Maybe, uh, I, I, it's not an outfielder, but Lucas Duda is hitting pretty well lately. Uh, he's 31%, so that might be a little higher than you're looking for. Michael Taylor is 15% owned. He's been alright lately. But six, he's kinda, six walks, 45 strikes. Yeah, Michael Taylor's kind of a poor man, Steven Souza. Okay, so I hope that helped. Let's, uh, let's get on with the show. The big news. Bryce Harper is not a fan of Hunter Strickland or participation trophies. Uh, but that participation trophy thing, if you missed it, it doesn't even matter anymore because Bryce Harper went crazy last night, uh, and got hit in the hip by Hunter Strickland through his helmet. I'm happy that he's like, no, I'm not going to throw it directly at Hunter Strickland. I feel like what? it slipped. I think he missed. I don't. I think he thought better of it. I think he deliberately threw it off to the side. But yeah. what do you think? A week suspension or is that too much? No, no three games. A week. Uh, probably five for five for who Strickland. Was the, and... Who was the Red Sox guy that suspended for like five days for throwing at Manny, behind Manny Machado? Oh, Barnes. Yeah, that I. I you're not going to get much Ru- more than. Odor got I think eight games last year. May have been reduced to seven. Yeah, and he was penalized he for punched being... him in the face, and that's exactly what Bryce Harper did. Yeah, but he 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 was penalized for being a better puncher. <laughs> I think he, you're, if you're hurting someone. Um, the degree to which you hit them does does impact your suspension. And I listen, it was dumb. Not impressed. By I'm going to take Harper's over. Player. I'm taking over three games. I got a question though. Hundred percent. You're the leader of this podcast. Yeah. So the four of us are all out at an establishment having drinks, and Scott gets a little too rowdy. And throws a drink at somebody. <laughs> okay, and I does got- Does he throw it at him or does he throw it off to the side? No, he throws a drink at the guy, hits the guy with the drink. Okay. The guy's mad and coming at Scott. Am I Buster Posey? Do you just stand there yeah. and watch? Yes. Or do you- Hey, come on, let's, let's try to talk this way. No, I'm gonna run as hard as I can, as fast as I can, into Chris, who's also running as fast as I can. Yeah. I'm gonna go Samarja and just get knocked I right over. I think as the leader, you've got a responsibility to try to defuse the situation. If, yeah, no, if you missed, I would. If you missed it, of course I'd be the one getting my bucket. I like to I'm make my, I like to let my friends learn from their mistakes. If Scott's <laughs> being a jerk, he's gonna, and like, it's pretty clear Hunter Strickland, is not as likable a character as uh as Scott White. Uh, probably not. And Buster Posey just <laughs> just stood there at home plate and did nothing about it. So they knew Hunter Strickland did not do the right thing. Um, but anyway, Danny Duffy out six to eight weeks with an oblique strain. <laughs> Anything to say about this? There's no such thing as a pitcher. Uh, we've got a. Uh, <laughs> There's no such thing as a stud outfielder. Uh, how many Mike Trout leagues? Just the podcast oh, just, league? Just, uh, yeah, just one. All right. I had zero trout and I think zero Duffy. So. Yeah, I have a lot of Duffy. Bad. I have zero trout. No, there's, uh, I guess. And Harper. Royals prospect, is it Eric Scoglin? Making yeah. his debut today? Uh, six foot seven. Is he a real prospect? Uh, like, mm. as far as Royals go, he is. Okay. I think he was their number three prospect coming into the year. I did not see much to get excited about in the minor league track record. Hey, they had like a 40 to 10 K to walk ratio in 43 innings so far this year. All right. So we also will talk about Brad Peacock, by the way, and Jose DeLeon. That's coming up. Uh, this just wanted to read a quote from Johnny Cueto, who threw six innings of one run ball with eight strikeouts against the Braves on Sunday. He said about his blisters, they're not bothering me like they were before. I'm just getting used to it, but I have to continue pitching until they get better. That's Cueto. So he still has the blisters, but seems to be getting better. Adrian Beltre is back. He played third base. Joey Gallo played first base. Mike Napoli sat. Maybe he could have DH'd if uh, Jonathan Lucroy were not DHing, but he was with Chirinos catching. Delano DeShields has sat two straight games. 
I don't know. I guess they're probably, they're not taking Gallo out of the lineup, it seems. No. That's good. I, I don't know. I mean, some days I think they'll have to because you have, what do you have? You have Beltre at third, uh, DeShields at left. Well, I think they'll play Chew him at left. Chew at DH and, and Napoli at first. But Maybe like, they'd sit him against lefties? I Gallo's think- the best hitter among that group right now. Yeah, 16 home runs, I think. I mean, and just but like, it's not a got, runaway. He's got an 860 OPS. He's been awesome this season. He's been really, oh, really good. I think I, it is a runaway when you compare him to the Shields. Unfortunately, I they're all going to they're all going to sit. Like, and I don't think Gallo's going to be the one who sits or anything. I I think Jeff Bannister said he'll play some of all of those spots. Um, but you have to assume that some days he will be the guy taking a seat. Who would I, you rather have rest of season? Sorry, Heath. Jake Lamb or Adrian Beltre? Oh, Lamb. Um, Le- Belche was the number six third baseman in fantasy last year. He hit like 300 with 32 home runs. I'd definitely rather have Beltre in a points league because he, so, you know, the peripherals yeah. are always so good for him. It's just, it's, it's difficult to say. Did this calf injury start the decline that we've been hoping Adrian Beltre could continue to put off? It's possible. It's possible he gets hurt again. I think Adrian Beltre is a lot riskier than Jake Lamb at this point. And the biggest thing, in Adrian Beltre's favor over the last couple of years is just how safe he is. Beltre or Travis Shaw? Beltre. <clears throat> Beltre. Beltre. Yeah. Okay. Um, alright, I'm satisfied. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here to do, Adam. To satisfy you. Dustin Pedroia is having an MRI on his wrist. <sighs> Alex Woods on the DL with shoulder inflammation. He might only miss one start. It was his turn. Gregory Polanco was carted off. After injuring his ankle, Jose Ozuna, Ozuna replaced him. Polanco may only miss a few games. <laughs> Edwin Encarnacion has an eight-game hitting streak. He homered against uh, the A's yesterday. And over the weekend, we had the worst strikeout ever. Did you see the worst strikeout yep. ever in the minor league game? Like, how would you even describe it? The pitcher just, like, lost control of the ball. Yeah, threw it into the ground. Rolls toward home plate. And the, the hitter just wants to take a practice swing. So he just swings, and the umpire rings him up. I think that's the right call. Right? Yep, that Crazy. was correct. <laughs> I feel like Dante Bichette used to come very close to that line a lot of times himself. Like, he, like he, he'd, it'd be so clear he was taking the pitch that it'd get called the ball, but he kind of did this little, like, you know, flip of the bat through the strike zone as it was crossing home plate. Really? I don't remember. Yeah. I, you have a much better memory of that stuff than I do, I for sure. don't think I have any specific memories of Dante Bichette. Yeah, honest. that's true. Um, and Steven Sousa had the cat, the diving catch attempt, which was equally awesome. Yes. What, and he even laughed about it. I, Go to, uh. Yeah, was that, was that him trying to like deke out a runner? I think just, he said he lost it in the lights. Okay. And he just, do- which is stupid. If you lose it in the lights, like, Cover your face, yeah, our, don't just dive. Uh, our former colleague Ryan Bass, go to his Twitter page at Rye underscore Bass. He's got a great uh a great segment from his uh nightly newscast about it. Oh cool. It's very fun. Uh, he's in Tampa, right? Yes. Yeah. All right, Monday standouts. Hey, almost twenty minutes into the show, let's talk about David Price. Five innings, two hits, a three run homer given up to Melky Cabrera, uh two walks and four strikeouts at the White Sox. Give me one word to describe David Price. Like his performance yesterday, how would you describe it, Scott White? Uh, gratifying. Fine. Healthy. I'll say encouraging. I almost went with encouraging. Oh, that's but I wanted, to, I wanted to step like, it up a little bit. It wasn't bit. really gratifying. Gra- as someone that has David Price all over the place, it wasn't really gratifying. You didn't even get a I, win. This, his average fastball velocity, according to Brooks Baseball, was higher than at any, in any start last year. Right, but I get gratification yeah. from fantasy points. That's more, uh, that's more encouraging than gratifying. 
try I, to be fancy, as, Scott. As, <laughs> I, as somebody who drafted and rostered David Price in a couple leagues myself, I am feeling uh, validated today. The one thing that I had sort of forgotten until reading it recently was that if David Price were younger, he's 32, something sure. like that. If he were younger, the doctors who looked at him, the best doctors in sports, would have advised him to get Tommy John surgery. So you do have to keep that in mind when you evaluate David Price. So do you have any advice right now for Price owners? I would hold for now. Um, if if he had had a, a really good first start, I might have been shopping. I don't think this was good enough to get the full David Price value. How about Price or Tanaka rest of season? Price. Tanaka. Oh. Price, but I mean, actually, pretty yeah, close. That was a, <laughs> that was a redemptive start for, for, uh, Gratifying Tanaka on even. Friday. Gratifying. A lot of people are talking about the Austin Romine versus Gary Sanchez thing with this. Okay. Uh, this, uh, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't Gary know how San- true it is. He had like a 1.9 ERA with Gary Sanchez last year. So I just, and what was his ERA with Romine before Friday's start? It was really good. It was? Like, his ERA with Sanchez is like seven or something this season. So, but if it wasn't an issue last season, I just don't see any reason to think it would be an issue. Yeah. There's, I think there's very few catchers who are like a legitimate difference maker in that way. I think a lot of that's just noise. But well, he's gonna, okay, pay, so he's gonna throw to Romine next time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it, it'll it, happen. It, I don't know that it really matters. I think Romine's locked in as his catcher for at least the immediate future. It's a 2.24 ERA with Romine and 12.27 with Sanchez. Okay, anybody else? So I undersold it at eight. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else uh, want to give a standout from yesterday? Um, sure. Let's talk about Brad Peacock. Can we start there? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, I'll tell everybody the line. So he's 54% owned. Peacock joining the Astros rotation. Uh, they now have Fires on the DL, right? Or Fires went to the bullpen. and uh, Well, Morton's on the Morton's DL. On the DL. Charlie Morton's yeah. on the DL. And now Fires is back in the rotation, but he was supposed to go yeah. to the bullpen anyway. Yeah. Um, Peacock threw uh, four and two-thirds, gave up four runs, but all of them came in the fifth inning. He struck out eight twins. His previous start, he gave up one no runs on one hit in four and one third with another eight strikeouts against Detroit. So that's nine innings and 16 strikeouts in two starts. That's like a 16 strikeouts per nine. <laughs> pretty, um, I take your word for that. Uh, it's pretty good for Brad Peacock. And look, he's he, obviously he's a, he's been a reliever this year. He's been a bad starter in the past. So maybe he can't get through the lineup three times, but. Pretty pretty interesting stuff. What do you think about Peacock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this start actually made me want to pick him up even more. Uh, even though the ERA was high, you know, the fact he allowed fewer base runners than innings, and it's not like he gave up a home run even. Uh, you know, they just all the hits happened to be in that one inning. But the strikeout rate has been off the charts, and uh, I think there aren't too many other pitchers this available who bring out that level of excitement in me. Yeah, I'm sticking with my original take, Poppycock. And he's, yeah. it, it's mostly he's interesting because he's an RP eligible guy, right? Well, no, the strikeouts are interesting. His arsenal has been different this year. It, it hasn't just been, the innings have been, uh, you, you know, the, the stints have been shorter, so he's been able to air it out. I mean, he's, his slider has really been getting a lot of swings and misses. He had been walk. The reason why I didn't pick up Peacock is he had been walking so many guys as a reliever, and now he's not walking anybody as a starter in these two starts. Yeah, but it's just two starts. You're right. Yeah. I do like it's interesting because he's one of these guys who has sustained his 
velocity in the move from the rotation to the bullpen, but I think there are real reasons to be concerned about whether he can keep sustaining that when he's throwing 100 pitches because he hasn't thrown more than 78 yet. Mm-hmm. And like you said, whether he can get through the order multiple times. It, you know, you usually, you usually need like a really good third pitch in order to get through the lineup and usually see pitchers use their fastball less as they work through an order. And it's just, he throws his change up like 6% of the time, I think. And it's just, I'm not sure he's got the stuff to be a full-time star. I, I, I kind of feel like if everything goes right for him, he could be Danny Zelzer. This team. What do you mean by that? We're talking about. I mean, he's still a guy who's getting bumped to the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So bat, you think he could be bad Danny Salazar? I think he could be Danny Salazar, a high walk, high strikeout guy that can't apparently get through more than five innings. Salazar, by the way, they're, they're not hoping to keep him in the bullpen. No. They want him to write, write the ship, but how droppable is Danny Salazar? It reminds me a lot of the Edwin Diaz situation. I mean, obviously it's a starter versus a closer. I'm not dropping Danny Salazar yeah. and I'm picking him up if somebody else does. Okay. I think he's, like, I know a lot of people were on the fence about dropping him even before this happened. So, like, this is a good excuse to drop him, I think. If if you want to. Yeah. I mean, you know if you play in a league with Heath that you can't get away with I, it. But I think in most leagues you can. I just, who are you picking up for him? Brad Peacock. Brad Peacock. No. Potentially. You, would you, you would drop Danny Salazar for Brad Peacock? And in most leagues, yeah, I would. I think I think there is more heat on Peacock right now. Poppycock. I love that... I got offered Tanaka for Salazar last week. I didn't get the Tanaka start, but <laughs> that just, yeah! Alright, uh, anyway, we'll do some more standouts in just a second. Uh, Seat Geek is a absolute standout when it comes to getting tickets, when it comes to apps. I've got the app on my phone every single time I need tickets. The first place I'm going is Seat Geek, and that's where I get my seats, because not only do you get the seats on the app, you get the tickets on the app, you you know, you just use your phone, you go right into the game or the concert or whatever the heck you want. And I can be anywhere with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats, and I just used SeatGeek a few weeks ago to get Yankees tickets. I'm going to go to a concert with SeatGeek. It saves me time. It saves me money. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to make sure you get the most bang for your buck... SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value. You're immediately going to be able to identify the best seats that fit your budget. Oh, I'm going to buy these ones. That big green dot there says best value in the house. SeatGeek makes it so easy for you. Uh, again, it's not just sports. It's concerts. It's comedy. It's theater. And our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY today. That's promo code FANTASY for $20 off your first Seat Geek purchase. All right. Uh, anything else, guys? I got a lot of stuff in the notes. I can I can lead the way. Lead the way. All right. Well, Justin You're Smoke. The host. Can we talk about Justin Smoke? Sure. Let's play the name that first baseman that you want to talk about today because he's been homering a lot game. Sometimes it's Justin <laughs> Bohr. Sometimes it's Justin Smoke, Logan Morrison. Well, Justin Bohr's ownership's getting up there. He's, he's approaching 80% stud, finally. Stud turn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like him more than Smoke, but... Um, Smoke kind of lost a little momentum there for a while. Some interleague games where he had to sit a couple times, uh, but big game yesterday. He was actually my number one sleeper hitter heading into this week because of the matchups. Um, and, you know, it was obviously off to a good start. Three hits, a home run. I think it was four RBI yesterday. They had 23 hits yesterday. The if, Blue Jays. Do not start pitchers against the Blue Jays unless they're great. <laughs> And, I mean, look, I've, I've talked about why I think this could legitimately be a breakout for him, the approach, the, the way he's changed his approach at the plate. 
um, enabling him to not fall victim to breaking balls so much, tack the sl- uh, the fastball. But that's a situation where if you like, he might be a better Mike Trout replacement than a lot of the outfielders we named if mm-hmm. you can afford. If you have some flexibility in your lineup and can get an extra first baseman in instead. It, it, I just, like, there's just so many first basemen. I can't, I, I've moved him up a few times, but I can't get him into my top 30 first baseman. I don't know that he's really even a top 35 first baseman. And so I think that explains why his ownership is still so low. It's like, where, where 60, are you going to- 62%. That, that's higher than I expected it was. I honestly... But you're going to play him at utility, Justin Smoke. Well, if you get 35 first basemen ahead of him, you could probably start one of those guys at utility. I just... I... I don't know what the change in approach is here. He swings earlier in the count so that he... He's looking for fastballs early and attacking them as opposed to working the count and okay. trying to play the high on base game. Well, his swing rate hasn't really gone up. It's gone down. Uh, pitches per, per bat I know is way down. His on base is way up. Well, again, this is another situation where if you play in a shallow enough league, you can play the hot hand. It, like, get, get Justin Smoke on your team. Whether or not he has the breakout that Scott is hoping for, it doesn't necessarily matter because if he's struggling, there's gonna be someone you can replace him with. Right, uh, it's no. Just, it's unbelievable well, how good I the just, first base is. I just think how, how long do you play the hot hand? Till it dries up. Till it's not right, but if, he, if he's just bad this week, do you play him next week? You don't have to. It depends on, it obviously depends on league size. There's just, there's a lot of first basemen that I think are better than the 30 year old who's having his first good year. Well look, I was I doing mean, this with Josh Bell, right? I was starting Josh Bell a lot. He's cooled off. I stopped starting him. Yeah, I, I think, think I think Smoke's shown a lot more than Josh Bell. I'd rather own him than Bell. Yeah, I, I would um, too. And that probably, so that probably gets him in the top 25 first baseman for me. Would you rather have Pujols or, or, uh, Smoke? Smoke, definitely. Pujols, Pujols Smoke, Chris? Pujols, yeah. Pujols, alright. But you could see that, I mean, you could see a scenario where either one is better, right? Like, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just, Justin Pujols. Smoke has such a long track record of not being good at all. And then he has a month and a half that's good. Well, what about Yonder Alonso? You could say the same thing. But for Yonder him. Alonso's made a change, yeah, yeah. I just I feel <laughs> the fly like that change, <laughs> right? But I just feel like that change is more is more sustainable than okay. Just, oh, he's just swinging. Yeah, but like, if I feel this change is more sustainable, fi- then well, I could say. You can add I mean, I could. I could. I'm I could telling say you, the I'm exact just, same thing. I'm telling like, you why I'm not adding him. Okay. Hey, um, let me let me give you guys a few more. Well, names. I'm not adding. I actually like Yonder Alonso too, but you could easily make the same case. Oh, he's been useless forever. Let me give you a few more names just to kind of go off subject here as I'm looking at the most added first baseman. Three players who are owned in less than 20% of leagues that, uh, if you're in a deeper league. Reese Hoskins, who we talked about a lot, Philly's first base prospect. Patrick Leonard, Ray's first base prospect, who's now 1% owned. Dominic Smith, Mets first base prospect. Any interest in these guys? Uh, Hoskins, yes. Well, the right? problem is, like, Lucas Duda's hitting good. Tommy Joseph is hitting again. Like, I don't know that any of these guys are going to be coming up anytime soon. And they're not in situations where they can just come up and play DH or something. Okay. I think Hoskins, they'll figure something out. They'll, they'll, they'll stick somebody in left field. Okay. Tommy Joseph? Yeah. Why not? They tried it with Ryan Howard when, uh, Jim Tomei was still there. And I think they were, they were about to try it with John Singleton too when, when Ryan Howard was at first base. 
All right, to the bullpen. Addison Reed got a save yesterday. It's good to see he hasn't lost his role. He'd been struggling. Edwin Diaz got his ninth save yesterday. He's clearly back. Uh, Cody Allen's been struggling a bit, but Terry Francona was like, he's awesome. He's fine. Tony Watson's been struggling a bit. He had uh, his third-blown save of the season yesterday, and in May, Tony Watson has given up 20 hits and nine runs in 13 innings with a 6.23 ERA. Felipe Rivero, anyone? 21% owned. Yeah, I had a uh, he. I lead waiver wire with him, and um, I had us pick him up in the 16-team league. He is the Pirates' best reliever, and he's left-handed, which is normally hard. You know, normally hard for a team to justify moving their left-handed setup guy into the closer role. But Tony Watson's left-handed too, and certainly has a good track record as a setup man. Um, it's speculative, and you know, and leagues where you're still deciding whether or not you should pick up Coda Glover. P.S. You should. Um, <laughs> you don't need to even bother with it. But in leagues where you have to be a step ahead, Rivera looks like a good option. All right, it's Felipe Rivero of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Justin Wilson and Coda Glover are both 68% owned. They both got a save yesterday, but Wilson's been scuffling a bit. Meanwhile, Coda Glover in May, seven and two-thirds, scoreless innings, five hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. They're definitely going to make a move in their bullpen. Right. But is it going to be closer, or is it going to be set up? I think it just depends on how long it takes for them to make that move. I think Coda Glover a month from now could have done it. Like if he just, like like I said last week, but then, he has a just ridiculously good month. Is yeah. that... Given this team's track record, is there any reason to believe that would actually keep him in the closers role? Drew Storen had an awesome season two years ago, yeah, and they still sure. traded for Jonathan Papelbon, who was, like, by any measure, an objectively worse pitcher than Drew Storen at that point. I also that didn't work out very well, right? I, I don't yeah. see this World Series contender going with a rookie closer. I just, yeah. I, yeah, like they're talking That's about. Still, uh, they were rumored to be interested in Brad Hand too. They're obviously not. I don't think they're bringing in Brad Hand to no, be a closer. No, I, Pro- probably not. Robertson I mean, has got to be the the clubhouse leader, right? To David Robertson oh yeah, to become sure. their closer. There, there's enough of a question, particularly with all the the hand smoke. <laughs> <laughs> they're sending um, smoke signals. Yeah, um, with all the Brad Hand smoke, there there's reason to think maybe it doesn't happen. But the the point I think is just. The way Glover looked this weekend, three perfect save chances. Um, and the Nationals being a first division ball club, he's worth picking up just because he's must start right now. All right. We have a lot more to get to. This show has been necessary because so much happened. All right. But let's have some fun. Let's let our hair down after I tell you about ZipRecruiter. And you know, maybe someday I'll be hiring someone, maybe a podcast producer to make our show even better. And if I am hiring someone, I'll be using ZipRecruiter.com to find my candidates. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's where you need to go. And this is really the best and most efficient way to get qualified candidates for your job openings. You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on one site. You need to post on all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click, and then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. And right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Again, try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You know what's fun? Lineup stuff. You give me a verbal reaction 
ooh, or or whatever, right. as I tell you a lineup thing. Jonathan Villar has batted seventh each of the last two games with Keon Broxton leading off. The way he's hit, Ooh. that's where he belongs. He looks like Wait. a bad hitter. <laughs> what is this? Well, like, Keon Broxton batting leadoff is a questionable decision. Kind of I'm the, the only one who followed that, instructions Yeah, thank here. you, Scott. Scott gave like a, ooh, or okay. something. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank you. Um, you can't drop Villar, right? He's too valuable at the position. You definitely can't yeah. drop him in Roto. I don't know about points. If he's your shortstop, he's been valuable you can't. in points, too. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's top 10 still. Yeah. But I would assume if bats had something to do with that. By the way, I've been thinking about it. Well, he also walks a lot. I don't think I'd drop Salazar for Peacock. Okay. It'd have to of be like a really, it it'd have to be a really. <laughs> be a ridiculous I thing could, to do. I could think about it in a really shallow league. You should bleep out that entire section. Bleep it or just cut it? Bleep it. Okay, like he's like, curse what he's saying. Um, okay, yeah, alright. Thank you, Scott. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I just wanted back. to clarify. Ooh, that. would you drop, uh, Danny Salazar for Denelson Lamette? No. Okay. No. Thank you for shutting that down. <laughs> Next lineup stuff thing. Kyle Schwarber might sit against lefties? Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's fine. We don't need all three. That's fine. <laughs> uh, how droppable is Schwarber? I mean, look. By the he, way, Jonathan VR is 15th. He's 15th now? Points, he was top 10 last week. With like the third most played appearances. Yeah, he, he was top 10 last week, so. It changes. I bet he's within like eight points of twelve of twelve or ten, right? Has Jordy Mercer passed him? Um no. Jed Jerko and Eduardo Nunez have. And Jose Reyes is just four and a half points behind him. Yeah. Uh so anyway, Schwarber. I mean look, I understand sitting against lefties, but come on, he's batting one eighty against righties, so you gotta keep him in the lineup. No, but he's got all righties this week and he's off to a bad start. How droppable is Kyle Schwarber? Or is he a like tremendous by low candidate? I think he is a very good by low candidate. No, no, no. We already did Schwarber. <laughs> this is not the time for the yeah, one I, word I reaction. Said, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think he's a very good by low candidate, but not at the value that someone, like you shouldn't expect him to be the guy many people expected coming into the season. There's just, there's too many, there's too many risks in his game and too many cooks in the kitchen. Like they could easily sit Schwarber. I'm not dropping like Schwarber, this. but I, if he's not good this week, I'm benching him next week. I already benched him. I benched him for Jed Lowry this week. Mm. Would you drop him for I Jed Lowry? It would be no. really hard would you to drop bench him, him for Brad Peacock. I drop him for so. Brad Peacock. I don't think so, but there's a case to be made just because of the depth of outfield and the shallowness it's... of starting pitcher. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've gotten was... exposed to a couple new different new formats this year that make me kind of like uh, it's it's hard to give one size one size fits all add drop advice always. Absolutely, of course. Oh yeah, of course. All right, last lineup stuff. Andrew Benintendi sat against a lefty, and he's batting two fifty eight with a two ninety slugging percentage against lefties. Benintendi. Hmm. I'm not yeah. worried about that being a a full time thing. I've been intending to drop him in my rankings for a while, and I just keep having a hard time figuring out who I should put him below. Subtle, subtle Benintendi pun there. I now somebody um. As some, as, as a, an owner who was doing well trading for Mike Trout, he asked me if offering Benintendi and Trey Turner for Trout was enough. That's too much. And I was like, if I was the Trout owner, I'd be thrilled to get that. Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. Benintendi is still a top 25, 30 outfielder in my mind. Yeah, Would you rather have? That's just like he is. I, I don't disagree with like the perception of what he is. There's not a lot of evidence thus far. No, there's not. You guys, 
Chris and Scott in particular were very mean to me, like abusive to me when I said <laughs> that uh I said what is Benintendi's value? Is he just going to be a points league specialist because because he might not hit hit the home runs or have the steals? Mm-hmm. And you guys are like, shut up, Adam. He's on pace for a fifteen twenty season. Yeah, that's, that's okay. And he's probably like he's only hitting two seventy two this season, but I would say the two ninety Babbitt probably has room to grow. So I think he's probably closer to a two ninety true talent hitter. He's yeah. going to end up with close to ninety runs in RBI. I just but but to be he just really hasn't done that lot. much. And I mean, he's on a fifteen homer twenty steal pace. At the end of a cold streak, you know, like two weeks ago, that was a better looking pace and he's going to get hot again. And I still has a 34% hard hit rate. I just, I still think there's a lot to like about the talent. All right, Andrew Benintendi, you, uh, they, they still like you. Uh, new starting pitchers to join the fray. Okay. Shallow leagues. You need to look for two pitchers right now. Steven Matz, he's 87% owned. So I know very shallow. He'll need at least one more rehab start. And Jamison Tyone, awesome, 78% owned, made a rehab start on Sunday. Very good news. And, yeah, somebody definitely worth owning. Jose De Leon, guys. So he got called up. He pitched in relief. He pitched poorly. He got sent down. Is there he got any the reason? win, though. He did get the win. Oh, gosh. Is there any reason to own Jose <laughs> De Leon? He's not among my top five prospects to stash. Okay. And Seth Lugo is going to join the Mets rotation soon. In what type of league would you be interested in Seth Lugo? Very, One very where good. I had Robert Gazelman. He's not that bad. He's not going to get strikeouts, but he's not so bad, Seth Lugo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure he's better than Gazelman. I'm not going to own not. him in a standard league. I'm I'm disappointed. That was that comment was my disappointment that Gazelman, when he's showing signs of potential again is the one getting bumped for Seth Lugo. The reason is they think Lugo's elbow will hold up better as a starter than in the bullpen. But oh, poppycock. The Mets Good luck. <laughs> don't really know anything about that stuff. So, <laughs> oh, like, so, so their rotation is going to be burn. Harvey, Lugo, DeGrom. Now, Harvey's good now. DeGrom, Mets, Wheeler, and Mets. And Mets. Mm-hmm. And Wheeler for another month. Yeah. Probably. That's still a good rotation. It's not, you know, it's, um, it's, that, you could do worse. Like, they have an ace. Their bullpen is is probably... Jacob DeGrom is very good. I don't know if it's a bigger issue. They got some issues. Their pitchers never go deep into games. Their bullpens think so. They'll need multiple pitchers at some point in the season. Let's guess. Let me talk about Jimmy Nelson, by the way. How do you guys feel about Jimmy Nelson before we get into most added? I can't really see an underlying reason for why three of his last four games have been really high with the strikeouts. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Okay. He's... There I know was I in the notes somewhere. <laughs> I, there I was under- talk of him in the offseason throwing more changeups. He's throwing slightly more changeups, but not really to the point where it's like an explanation. Like I understand Chase Anderson getting he got eleven strikeouts this weekend, but he had his highest recorded fastball velocity ever. For some reason, he picked up like two miles per hour, and and it was he got. More than twice as many swinging strikes on that fastball because of it than than he normally gets. So that made sense. I don't know if it's sustainable, but I at least made sense in that one start. I'm probably not going to chase Anderson or Nelson. So, well, look, I mean, the thing is, you could sit here and say I don't really want to chase Jimmy Nelson, but I still went and I looked in almost all of my leagues to see if he was available, and he actually wasn't. Uh Jimmy Nelson's, I think, 43% owned right now, and 
he's made his last four starts have been pretty good, except one decent one, eh, a little yeah, below right. average one against the Blue Jays. But he's faced faced the Padres, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Diamondbacks in there as well. So I don't know. I, I guess I'd like to have him on my bench, see where this goes. But I couldn't. But you can. So here, here's the <laughs> most added list: Brad Poppycock, Denelson Lamette, Tyler Anderson. Those are your top three. Do you like any of them better than Jimmy Nelson? I like all of them better than Jimmy Nelson. Yeah, okay. I think I do too. Yeah. All right. Adam Frazier is number four. I didn't really mention him with the, like, he's this, got the same ownership as Hunter Renfro, Steven Souza. Should Frazier be with those guys? And Mel- Melky. He's uh, such a diff, no. he's like the, he's like the exact opposite player of those guys. Cause he's a batting average guy. I think he's gonna have a good batting average, and I wouldn't be surprised if he scores some runs, but I, there's not any pop there. Erasmo Ramirez had a rough start yesterday. He got a save on Sunday, and then he started That's on Monday. So dumb. I think the Rays should not let the Mets make their, uh, rotation decisions <laughs> any longer. Uh, but he struggled. He's 35% owned. Cody Glover, 68%. Justin Bohr, 74%. Joe Ross, 69%. He's like the eighth nice. most added player. Wow, he was terrible on Sunday. Yep. What do you think? Uh, starting him this week against the Athletics. There's something weird going on with him losing, um, losing steam. Like, uh, yep. his velocity plummeted in the middle innings again, like it did in his first start, and he wasn't able to overcome it. He lost like five miles per hour on his fastball between the first inning and the fourth inning. And I mean that, that I don't know why there, there's, there's been no explanation offered as to why, but that like, he's not going to succeed if that keeps happening. Okay. Joe Ross, thank you for, for uh, inspiring the next segment of fooled you. Brad hand. No, I'm not there yet, but he could be a fooled you. Joe Ross, Brad hand, 28%. Devin Travis has 18 doubles. I think all of them this month. In May? Um, I don't know. Probably most of them. Most, if not all. Uh, he's <laughs> 68% owned. And I wonder, how good is Devin Travis? This is obviously his hot streak, but does he have breakout potential or he could be like a top six or seven second baseman? Let's go back to Jonathan VR for a second. In a points league, I do not think it's far-fetched at all to think Devin Travis could be better than VR the rest of the season. But he can't play shortstop. Well, uh, I mean, Travis, Travis has kind of gone, he's kind of done like a Jonathan Scope thing where he's just hasn't walked much at all, which, which does cap the ceiling. I mean, I, I think there's more, even more correction coming in batting average. I think he'll hit for a high average. It may be, he, he may be a Starlin Castro type player if he doesn't start walking more, which, you know, is still, a borderline starter in mixed leagues. But he's, he's never walked. I mean, he had the 63, 62 games in 2015 where he had a 7.6 walk rate. But last season was 4.6%. He still hit 300, still had a high 700s on, or, uh, OPS. Right. So, yeah. and Castro, I mean, that's, that's, that sounds very Castro-like though, doesn't it? Would you rather have Devin Travis or someone who's just behind him on the most added list? Jed Lowry. Travis for sure. Travis. All right. Yeah. Uh, Mike Clevenger, he could be the last guy we talk about. Clevenger in the rotation right now for the Indians. He's 48% owned. Compare him with Peacock, Lamette, Tyler Anderson. Um, he's probably behind those guys for me. I don't think he's going to stay in the rotation. Clevenger? Okay. And Tyson Ross is also on the most added list. He's 33% owned. He had a terrible rehab start. I think it was yesterday. 
But uh, Jeff Bannister said he's fine physically. And I, I don't think you should really put much into rehab start. I, I, yeah, results. I think he's 33% owned before he makes his debut is probably fine. I think Matt Harvey's a very good test case. There have been times when he's looked okay, but it's been a bumpy road. And I think it's probably going to be a bumpy road for Tyson Ross. But on the off chance it isn't, it's worth stashing. Now, typically we would do Team Name Tuesday. This is a little bit of a different show because we're not just recapping Monday. We're not trying to catch you up on four days' worth of action. How do you guys have good Memorial Day weekends? I know it's Chris and Heath had great weekends. They just got partied and yeah, yeah. I went, <laughs> went to the beach and partied, went to the pool and partied, yeah. and just wow. partied all nice. weekend. Good. Party animals. Yeah, barbecue had a barbecue. I learned a lot before the show started. Chris is going to get his hair cut soon. He thinks it's too long. Um, it always looks not the that same. I think to it's me. too long. It's just I want a want a different style. All right, and Scott, how was I your was weekend? I was home alone all weekend, which was yeah. which was nice. So uh, that was a nice change of pace for me. The wife and son were visiting family elsewhere, so uh sat around in my underwear a lot. <laughs> and played video games, right? I did, for, for the first time in months and months and months. Scott gained 35 pounds over the weekend. <laughs> Congratulations, Scott White. He is still the skinniest person, at least among the non-hosts on the show. And since you guys are just awful jerks, I had a great weekend, too. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no one asked. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, we had, uh, the two, I would say, most pleasant surprise pitchers of the year pitch yesterday, unless I'm forgetting someone. Mike Leake and Irvin Santana. I'm not counting Dallas Keuchel. Um, but like Leake and Santana pitched, well, I mean, this was like the worst start of the year for Mike Leake. It was his first non-quality start, and it was four runs in seven innings against a red-hot Dodgers team with one walk and six strikeouts. And Irvin Santana, uh, two really good ones in a row, I think after a stinker not too long ago. But seven innings, one earned run, six strikeouts against the Astros. Santana's the number one starting pitcher in points, number three in Roto. Not sure where Leak is, but he's obviously had a great year. Anybody buying in a little bit more to the legitimacy of these guys? I still like Santana more than Leak. I expect Leak's season to look more like this start than what it had before this start. Yeah, I I think they're both fine. They're definitely obviously both worth owning, but I don't expect them to... Be much better than three five ERA guys moving forward. Any, anyone want to guess what uh, opposing batters BABIP is against Urban Santana? One twenty seven. It's probably gone up. I think it was one thirty six going into last start. So I'm going to say it's one forty nine now. One forty three. Like I don't get. I don't even get to guess. Like you guys are just awful to me. Yeah. Let me guess. <laughs> no. How was your Memorial Day weekend? Out? <laughs> it was amazing. Did was... you eat any watermelon? No, I don't like watermelon. But I had a lot of really good. Don't I like watermelon. I didn't have like watermelon, watermelon either. I do like watermelon. Yeah, I mean it's like my seventeenth favorite fruit, but I also I still like it. I also didn't have a burger, which is kind of disappointing. You didn't have any burgers? No, I had a lot of like Italian. I had a lot of really good food. I had duck one night. That was good. Mm, but uh, fancy. Yeah, we had a great time. I had burgers last night. I had burgers last night too. I had burgers and last watermelon. Night. We all I had didn't burgers. have any watermelon. I wish I had a burger. I might have to do that. Uh, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Thank you guys for inspiring me. Man, so much to talk about. Marvin Gonzalez, we look at three up. Marvin Gonzalez went three for five with a double. He's hot again. Last eight games, Gonzalez is hitting 433 with two home runs, five doubles. He was cold before that, but he, he was batting 286 in the 11 games before that, but he did not have an extra base hit. Um, so there's Marvin Gonzalez. There's Adam Duvall, who is a top seven outfielder right now. Number two in the majors in RBI. Behind Scott, do you know? 
who leads in RBI. Who leads the majors in RBI? He's a leadoff hitter. What? Yeah. For a National League team. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it even more crazy. Uh, it, I'd take me too long to guess. He plays in the second best ballpark in baseball behind SunTrust Park. Course behind Field. Miller Park. Uh, Come third on. best. Behind Miller yeah. Park, yeah. It's uh, Charlie Blackman. Okay. Charlie Blackman. Okay. Yeah. Adam Duvall, anyway. Um, let me ask you this about Duvall. I just talked about Marvin Gonzalez. I guess we're not going to talk about him. But, um, Duvall, first half of last year, he batted 249 with 23 home runs and 20 doubles. Second half, he batted 231 with only 10 home runs and 11 doubles, but five triples. Uh, because his plate discipline isn't very good, do you think Duvall will have a similar type of season where he will really fall off? The thing is, his plate discipline's not – like, he doesn't walk much, but his strikeout rate's about average this season, which is really all you can ask for from a uh, from a slugger like him. I Yeah, he'll have hot and cold streaks, uh, but I don't expect him to fall off, no. I would love to say is Adam Duvall is so high, but I don't know that anybody's going to value him as a top 10 outfielder. And you do expect him to fall off. Like, you don't think he's going to be a top 10 outfielder. No, no, but I, I think a lot of that's the 45 RBI. Like, if he had 37 RBI, he probably wouldn't be a top 10 outfielder. RBIs. But I think he's in the top 20 to 25 mix at outfield. Well, I, I believe in the skill set here. Yeah. Is he Chris Davis? Is there a big difference? Well, I, I was, was going to compare his season to the one Mark Trumbo had last year, and it's... It's a 45 homer pace he's on, and Trumbo hit 47 last year. Uh, but there look looks like a lot of similarities there. Now, there may be more outfielders who perform up to that level so that it kind of drowns out that Mark Trumbo-like production. But My, my only question is, like, this 22% strikeout rate he's got this year, is this the new normal for Duvall? Because if that's the case, then I think Chris is right. He's a top 25 outfielder. If it creeps back into the... Th- high 20s, then you're probably looking at more like a number three slash number four. By the way, you want to buy low? Mark Trumbo. Yeah. His strikeout rate is dar- downright favorable, 18.8. It's it's improved dramatically, and his fly ball percentage is about the same as it was last year. So he just – I don't know what's wrong with the home run pace, but – But that's kind of like those uh, – in a, a lower home run rate and a lower strikeout rate can go together. He's like it's not it's not necessarily it's not necessarily that they will, but like Joey Votto is a good example this season of somebody who his exit velocity and hard hit rate has gone down, and he's talked about how he's trying to hit for more contact. He's choking up on the bat, and I don't know if Mark Trumbo's trying to, or if that's just what we're seeing. But his thirty thirty one point six percent hard contact rate is not a great sign. So, would you rather have Duvall or Trumbo rest of season? Duvall, Trumbo, Trumbo. Operation Trumbo drop. All right, with Marvin <laughs> Gonzalez and Ryan Healy, who is the other guy in three up, and he's 62% owned, and he's hot right now. Are you seeing anything from Marvin Gonzalez and Healy that makes you think this is going to last a while? It's not just a like, streak. I don't – Gonzalez is, is never going to be more than a role player in fantasy, so I don't want to nitpick too much. I mean – Yeah, he does not play every day. Right, but pretty close, and he's eligible at a million positions, so whatever. Um, he's usable. It's just like – his line drive rate is so low, and he doesn't make a lot of hard contact either. It doesn't totally make sense that he's this productive on a per at bat basis. I think there's going to be some regression that uh, makes him hesitant to buy into him. 
Chris, I'm going to look at the rotation here. Six-man rotation. Is there anyone you want to talk about? Dylan Bundy, Carlos Carrasco, Julio Tehran, uh, Rich Hill, Kyle Hendricks, Tanner Roark. I mean, the Dylan Bundy thing's just weird. He continues yeah. to pitch well, despite striking nobody out. And, um, yeah, I, I would love to sell Dylan Bundy if I get the opportunity. I don't understand why he doesn't strike people out. Like, he's got nasty stuff, and he's not throwing soft, and, like, the velocity appears to be better. Yeah, I mean, he's he's around league average in, in velocity, but his pitches move. Like his, his breaking pitches are so nice. His breaking pitches, his slider <laughs> especially, has Lovely. a ton of drop. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't get it. And his, trade, fa- and his fastball moves a lot. Would you trade Bundy for Barrios? <sighs> in a roto league? I feel like I'm one Barrios start away from that. What do you yeah, guys think? I, uh, I wouldn't. No? No. I just, yeah, I might be, might be a bit of a reaction. don't believe in Bundy's performance at all this season. And I don't <laughs> see any, like, and I don't think that's, like, unfair. He's no. not walking anyone, which is a good sign, but the strikeout rate is well below league average, uh, t- 17.8% or something. Mm-hmm. And he gives up a ton of fly balls. Now, he hasn't given up a ton of home runs yet, but... I, but I don't feel like that's, like I'm, I'm fine selling high on Bundy. I don't feel like trading him for Barrios is at all selling high. It's, it's buying high on Barrios. Would you trade him for Matt Harvey? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd much rather have Bundy. I just, I'd rather have, get to talk about Harvey. Um, I would rather well, have Bundy than Harvey, but if they were very similar pitchers moving forward, it wouldn't surprise me, and no. that's, you guys know how I feel about Matt Harvey. Well, it, so it's not going to surprise me if Harvey is better from today forward, but there's just no reason to make that trade, and, like unless you're playing against the computer. You know? Do you see like, uh, any uh, under ownage here from Matt Moore, who's 76 percent owned, Jimmy Nelson 43, Jordan Montgomery 66, Erasmo 35, Daniel Norris 45 percent, Jeremy Hellickson 69 percent, Matt Garza 40 percent, Randall Delgado 5 percent, Robert Gazelman 31 percent. Delgado and Gazelman might be out of the rotation soon. Yeah, you know who I'd rather? Well, at least in Delgado, Gazelman, and probably more than Gazelman too. Buck Farmer, I think we probably should mention on the show, even though he got sent back down after his start. Uh, Eleven strikeouts. Against the White Sox, 22 swinging strikes. And we were talking about the movement with Bundy. Farmer's pitches were nasty in that start. It, it makes you wonder why he doesn't have a more impressive minor league track record. And, and the strikeout rate is okay in the minors. I mean, it's not like it's a bad minor league track record. But, I mean, he, he looked like his stat line in that start. And considering the Tigers have... uh Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd in their rotation. I think we'll see Farmer again really soon. I think Matt Moore is probably somebody that should be closer to 100% owned, and I don't even love Matt Moore, but start him at home. It's just like his, it's five good starts in a row now, or acceptable starts in a row now. His ERA still looks terrible, but that's mostly because he gave up nine runs against the Dodgers in one start. I, I think in a current environment, he probably needs to be mostly owned. Right, I'm going to finish up the show. I think I'd rather have Jordan more. Montgomery than him. <laughs> That's yeah. uh, Carter Cap scheduled to face hitters this week. I suppose he's still a dark horse there if they trade Brad Hand. But, um, Minnesota sent Kenneth Vargas down to the minors. Kenny Vargas down to the minors. Uh, they didn't really want to. They just needed some bullpen relief, and and he had options. Uh, Randall Grichik. Randall Grichik got sent to high class A to get to get uh, things sorted out. 
Greg Bird's going to start a rehab assignment Thursday. Francisco Liriano could start against the Yankees this weekend. Miguel Sano homered yesterday. He snapped a 1-for-18 slump with 13 strikeouts. James Paxton will start tomorrow. He gets the Rockies at home, not in Coors Field. The Cubs drew 10 walks and scored two runs yesterday. They are really struggling. And uh, today's matchups, I'll just throw out some people that you know, people that some pitchers that people might be a little questionable on. You starting Sonny Gray at Oakland up uh, at uh, Cleveland? Yep. yep. Trevor Bauer in that game? Nope. Kenta Maeda at the Cardinals. Yes. Yes. Uh Robbie Ray at the Pirates. Yes. Yep. Chris Tillman against the Yankees. No. Nope. <laughs> um Zach Davies at the Mets. Nope. Nope. Okay. You don't even have to confer on these. Yeah. Uh, Vince Velasquez at the Marlins. Yes. I benched him, uh, but he's startable. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I would in a daily league. Matt Andrees at the Rangers. No. Uh, I'd lean against it as well. Uh, Scogland against no. the, the Royals guy. Eric Scogland, six foot seven, tall, really tall. Who's Bridwell? He's son Nordic. For the Angels. Bridwell? Yeah. I don't more like Birdwell. Uh, Eddie Butler, Denelson Lamette tonight. I'm going to start Butler at the Padres. I'd be more likely to start. Oh, I'd start Lamette too. Lamette. I would like to keep Lamette on my bench, but I I have Butter. I don't have Lamette. Yeah, I'm not starting Lamette. I'm very interested to see what Lamette does today. Yeah, Yeah, I'd rather hit on the road. I'd rather just watch him. And Gio Gonzalez at Jeff Samarja. Sort of both. I'm. A little uncomfortable starting Jeff Samarja against the Nationals. I'd do it. I'm not Especially sure because I'd Bryce Harper's, Gonzalez. Bryce Harper's probably not going to get suspended before the game, right? Who's getting hit tonight? Ugh. I don't think it'll be Posey because he didn't. It might be Samarja. Oh, right. I mean, he was in that scrub. Yeah, ran in there like it was a like there was a loose ball on the ground or something. <laughs> Is he going to hit somebody? <laughs> Maybe. That's a good call. He might. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Fantasy Baseball Today. Very sorry we didn't get to your emails. We had a lot to catch up on. So we'll read some tomorrow. Enjoy your day.